right, all right. It sure is. Welcome and uh, good afternoon once again. John Scholes here along with Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in this country. Yep, just like you just heard, the number to call in now. Lines are open. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. Toll free, one 399 9898 Whether you're part of the wonderful listenership in uh, both Alberta and BC, we'd love to talk to you. Email questions anytime as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you want to reach out to Lior and his wonderful team after the show, anytime, all week, one 821 5,900. We are halfway through, if you can believe it, 2022. Biggest employment law issues so far up to this point. We'll get into those and discuss some of those. And if you have any questions, like I said, throughout the hour of the show, feel free to call in and uh, and ask. But with that, we will get to the case of the day, brother, the week that was. What's going on your end? Johnny, I am uh, ready to talk employment law. It's, uh, it's wow. our Sunday afternoon slot and we're here to educate people you know you're going back probably back to work tomorrow many of you are and you want to be prepared in case last week wasn't a good week let's make this week better let's find out how to deal with our workplace problems if you know our boss wasn't treating us properly how do we respond tomorrow what do we do uh if we think that uh, our boss our job is in jeopardy well what do we do about that whatever the issue whatever the problems there are answers and solutions And why are there answers and solutions? Well, because employment law rights are quite extensive in Canada. Whether you're in BC, whether you're in Ontario, it does not matter. In in, in Alberta, uh, in Manitoba, wherever it is, employment laws are quite good here. And because of that, we have the ability to change things and to make sure that our rights are protected. Uh, Of course, we'll give you my contact information throughout the show if you wanted. But right now, call us with those questions. Let's make sure we give you answers. And to give you kind of a sense of the types of questions that I've been dealing with, certainly over the past week or so, let me tell you about a couple of those situations. Uh, I spoke uh, with the construction employee. He had worked in construction for the same company for over six years, almost seven years. And back all, all the way in 2021, he was laid off. And uh, wasn't paid anything. And uh, a few months after that, in fact, he had understood that the company had sold. The, the owner of the company sold the company, never heard back from them. And what he did is he filed, he, he felt that he was owed something as a result of losing his job. And he filed a complaint with the Employment Standards Branch. Well, very quickly, they dismissed his complaint saying, well, you're a construction employee. And because of that, you don't get any compensation, any severance. So can't help you. Too bad. Well, he recently read uh, an article that I posted online about the fact that construction employees do get severance, and he called me. So what what happens here? Does he get severance or does he not? He absolutely does. I want to make it very, very clear, John, and, and our regular listeners, I hope, know this. Construction employees absolutely get severance if they lose their job. In fact, they get the same severance calculated in the same way every other employee okay it's based on their age their position and length of employment in fact for this guy he was owed right around nine months pay okay he's an older gentleman and he was owed nine months pay now why was he told by the employment standards branch uh, which is again a branch of the uh bc government for him he lived in bc why was he told that he's not getting anything well because his rights are not under the employment standards his rights are under common law so the government cannot help him uh, and from the government's perspective, that's all they know. 
So he he had to get legal advice, which he did. Luckily, because it's been less than two years since he was let go, he was let go in 2021, I can still help him, and I'm going to help him. I'm going to get him the severance that he's owed. But this is such an important reminder for all of you out there in construction. You cannot uh, forget you have rights. You get severance. You get the same amount of severance as everyone else, number one. And number two, if you lose your job, you cannot go to the government. You can't go to the Employment Standards Office because they can only help you at best enforce a small portion of your rights, not all your rights. So very important reminder there's, uh, there, and I, I want to make sure that no one walks away from their rights, certainly not because you believe that somehow construction employees are excluded. Where does this whole thing come from? We've heard this so many times with construction workers, this belief. Where did that start? So under the employment standards, uh, there are, there are uh, various categories of employees that are excluded from rights under the employment standards legislation. Well, construction employees are excluded from many of the sections of the employment standards legislation. So because of that, people believe that, well, because of that, I don't get severance. But remember, your severance is not calculated by the employment standards laws. They're not calculated under that legislation. They're calculated under a common law, which is judge-made law, whatever decisions that our courts have made over the past 150 years. So that's why that misconception, just because the Employment Standards Act doesn't apply to you, doesn't mean you don't have severance rights. Your severance rights have nothing to do with employment standards. That's why if you lose your job, construction or or anyone else, you have to get legal advice. Like I said, you don't like me, that's okay. Speak to another lawyer, but you have to get legal advice. And always, always reach out, right? 1-855-821-5900. Any time to get a hold of Lior and his team, do not hesitate. It's a simple conversation to clear things up for sure. But here and now, just getting warmed up, you got lots of time, right? one 9898 to call your station and talk to us absolutely toll-free. So we are here. Hard to believe, man. We're halfway through 2022, and there's been some big issues so far in employment law. Some are new, some are changed, some have been different over the last couple of years. So I think this is—I uh, think you'd agree, Lior. This is a pretty important topic to uh, to talk about today, right? Well, sure. Uh, I mean, th- there's been some kind of major issues, kind of that I've c- uh, come across over the past six months or so in 2022. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that those issues are going to continue to be major factors over the next six months for the rest of the year. So I think it's important for people to understand, number one, if, if you're faced one of these issues or one of the list, you're not alone. Many people have, but there are rights, there are things you can do. And if you haven't faced them and you face them you know, later in the year, at least you know what your rights are. We'll get into these. Some of them uh, may sound very familiar to you, so let's get going. This one, of course, has ramped up so huge in the last couple months, and that is temporary or couple years rather. Temporary uh, temporary layoffs and reduction in hours or pay are still illegal. Still illegal. So, despite the fact over the past two years, certainly also over the past six months in 2022, so mm-hmm. so so many people have either been put on a temporary layoff or they've had their job changed. It's easy to believe that because it's been so rampant that it's legal. Well, it's not legal. Your employer does not have the right to put you on a temporary layoff. Your employer also doesn't have a right to make significant changes to the terms of employment, to change your hours, to change your pay, your job responsibilities, your shifts. All those things can result in what we call a constructive dismissal. So, for example, if you've been put on a temporary layoff, you have two options. You can choose to accept it and wait and hope that your company calls you back. Sure, that's option one. 
Option number two is you can make the decision. No, I am treating it as a termination. I'm going to get my full severance right now. You can do that. Those have been major, major issues over the past six months. They're going to continue to be, and you have to understand, you don't have to wait at home. You have rights. You have options. If you find your job changing, certainly if you find yourself on a temporary layoff, you want to call me. Waiting too long may mean you've accepted what your, what your employer is doing, and then you're stuck. We'll get our first call in here before we break. Thank you for taking the time, Mava. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good, sir. What's, uh, what's your question? Um, I was working for a company for 30 months on an apprenticeship program, plumbing, and I got laid off. Uh, I was laid off on March the 30th, and I, was, I waited and waited to be called back. My savings got depleted and didn't have any more income coming. And uh, so now I went and got another job. So I was wondering, what uh, do I need to do when, or, or what do I do to get uh, severance pay? And how much do I get? Uh, how much severance do I get or ask for? Excellent question, Reva. So first question, was, was this a unionized job? No, it's a private okay. company. Private company, perfect. And so you, you worked there uh, 30 months. And how old are you, Mava? I'm 65. I've applied for my old age pension. So you're owed as much as six months pay, okay? As much as six months pay. The reality is you you also ask, well, you know, what do I ask for, et cetera? You can't ask for it. In other words, if you go to them and say, give me six months pay, they're not going to pay you anything. We need to get involved on your behalf. Uh, I need to push them. Uh, They're not going to want to pay you, even though they're legally obligated to pay you. So it's a significant amount that you're owed. What I want you to do then, I want you to connect with me off air. We'll talk exactly how do we do that. A couple of letters from me should get this resolved nice and quick. I appreciate that very much. Thanks, mate. You bet. Welcome back. It is the Employment Law Show. It's our weekly gathering, and always love to have you on the show. You know how to do it, right? Toll free, 1-877-399-9898. Bring about your questions. It could be a simple severance question or something more in-depth, but it's got you scratching your head. Don't sit there and linger in doubt. Lior is here for the remainder of the hour to answer those questions. You can always email after the show anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And there's also the website that's free and anonymous. A ton of information, and also there you will find the severance pay calculator get this over two million people two million have used the severance pay calculator where do you find it pocket employment lawyer.ca let's get back into appell yeah halfway through 2022 hard to believe but there's still been some big issues so far we talked about the temporary layoff issue off the top and then vaccines as well right i mean if you lose your job or you're suspended because of your vaccine status you may be owed compensation you think everybody knows this but there's still a lot of misinformation out there This by far, John, has been the biggest issue in 2022, Uh, at least from my perspective, from an employment loss perspective. It's been the biggest, most common uh, issue that I've seen anywhere and everywhere in the country. And that is where people losing their jobs or being put on a leave of absence because of their vaccine status, because they're not vaccinated. So I want to be very clear here in terms of what the law says. So Bottom line is this, unless there's a government mandate, which there are none right now, uh, if you lose your job because you're not vaccinated, you're owed compensation. Of course, I'm only talking about non-union employees. I'm not talking about union employees. But with respect to non-union employees, if you lose your job, if you're put on a leave of absence, that's a termination of your employment requiring the company to pay you severance. 
And as we know, that amount of severance, depending on the usual factors, can be as much as two years' pay, 24 months. It's a significant amount. Now, despite what I just said, many, if not most employers in that situation are not paying severance. They're just letting people go or they're just keeping people on a leave of absence. Well, that's not mm-hmm. allowed. That's not legal. The other thing that, that is a problem is many of these individuals that lose their job or are put on a leave don't qualify for EI because their employer gave them a record of employment that says terminated you for cause. Well, that's not appropriate. That's a without cause termination. You should be getting EI. So what do you do if you're being put on a leave or you've been let go because of your vaccine status? Well, you give me a call. I got to push your employer to get you severance. I got to push them also to get you a new record of employment. We've been resolving these types of cases daily. Every single day we resolve these cases. And especially, by the way, now these days, as as any mandates have been easing and less and less restrictions, if you are still working for an employer that's putting you off now or off work now or that's refusing to bring you back, you better believe your old compensation. So I want to talk to you if that happens. It's not nothing to do with whether the vaccines are good or bad. It has to do with the fact that if ultimately you choose not to be vaccinated and you lose your job, yeah, you can use lose your job, but your own compensation. Again, toll-free 1-877-399-9898 is the way. Olivia, thank you for standing by and appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. What's, uh, what's your question? I do payroll and HR for a company, and recently uh, two employees left, um, not giving any notice. They quit. And so when they left, the president of the company did not want to pay them any of their vacation time that was due to them, and he pulled that from their check. My question is, if these employees go to the labor board and complain about this, am I responsible for this, or is this going to come back on the president for, and this isn't the first time that he's done this. He's done this in the past as well. So that's completely illegal. Uh, I understand he yeah, may be I'm upset aware and, of that, yes. and he noticed, and, and he may potentially, depending on the situation, have a claim against him for not giving enough notice uh, to the extent that because the lack of notice, he incurred losses. Yeah, he could potentially go after them. But what he absolutely can't do, and you know this, is he can't decide not to pay them a crude vacation. But to your question, the liability is that of the company. Now, officers and directors of the company may have some personal liability, but that's really only in the situation where the company is bankrupt. And you, I, I don't expect you're necessarily an officer and director. So because of that, no, the liability is that of the company. It's not on you personally. But you, you certainly should let him know if you haven't already that while he may be upset and maybe even rightfully so, it is completely illegal to do what he's doing. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Okay, thanks, Olivia. Thank you, Olivia. Appreciate uh, appreciate your call. You need uh, any further direction on that matter or, or uh, anything else for that matter? One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Do like Olivia, give us a call. Get some. That's how long it takes to get some clear answers, right? Really, it's toll free. One eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Back to our discussion of the first half of twenty twenty two is in the archives. Things have changed. Some things have stayed the same as far as employment laws are concerned, and this one is is still looming because COVID's still here, right? Your employer must still follow all health and safety rules and any mandates that government puts in place. Still robust, right? That's right. And, and really to, to do what what's needed to keep you safe. And, and that's been a big issue. 
in in 2022, which is like I said, even though there's some many employee employers that are are taking it seriously and some potentially even too serious by mandating vaccines and firing people that are not vaccinated. There's also employers on the other uh, side of this extreme where like, yeah, well, what COVID? There's there's COVID. I don't know anything about COVID. And, and they're mm-hmm. not taking any measures to protect employees. They're not, uh, they're, they're putting employees in harm's way. They're uh, allowing employees that are not feeling well to come in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's just as illegal and inappropriate. An employer has a very strict legal obligation to keep everyone safe in the workplace. So certainly that means taking uh, t- taking seriously whatever government mandates and following those mandates. But even beyond that, using common sense and making sure that if there's something that they can do that makes sense to, to keep people safe, to ensure that COVID doesn't spread unnecessarily in the workplace, they have to do that. So if you're working for an employer that is not taking COVID seriously, that's ignoring it, that's acting like it's not there and, and really not doing anything to protect you, you have the right to refuse unsafe work. And and there's various things that an employer has to do then. They have to call in uh, the government, the, the, the Ministry of Labor, to come to investigate, uh, etc. They can't be punished for refusing uh, unsafe work. So if you're ever in that situation, I want you to keep that in mind. And certainly you can feel free to call me to talk about what to do. But, you know, as cliched as it sounds, safety does come first. Certainly when it comes to workplace law and employment law. And by the way, that's not, that's not just a COVID thing. Generally, an employer mm-hmm. has to take measures to keep employees safe. But certainly over the past six months and the first half of 2022, I've seen more than a few employers not take it seriously. And that is a huge problem, not to mention illegal. You know, it's interesting for the first uh, year and a half, maybe up until recently, it was all, you know, everybody heard about the physical problems and and manifestations of COVID with people. But what's going to be coming home to roost more and more in the next few months and years, I'd say, Lior, is the mental health absences. And they are common and they are legitimate and they have to be taken seriously, right? Absolutely. My gosh, over the past six months, really over the past couple of years, but definitely over the past first half of the year, I've seen this often. Employers not allowing employees or not taking seriously an employee's mental health, uh, maybe not even believing that an employee has mental health issues. Let's let's be very clear here. If you're uh, suffering from mental health issues, you know, whether it's depression, anxiety, uh, whatever it is, mm-hmm. those are as legitimate, as uh, important as any other physical ailments. Your employer has to take it seriously to accommodate you, allow you time off. Maybe that means modified duties, modified hours. If your employer doesn't do that, that's a human rights violation. Let's face it, these are stressful times, and if it impacts you, your employer has legal obligation. If you find that your employer doesn't meet those obligations, doesn't take it seriously, you have to call me. It's a real thing, it's a real issue, and an employer can't ignore it. All righty, welcome back. It's good to have you along the show this afternoon. Yeah, we'll get back to our changes and things that remain big issues in the first and leading into the second half of 2022, but always the phone calls, top priority. Love having you on the air. Love you taking the time to join us. Uh, in that regard, Alfie, thank you so much for standing by. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? We're uh, we're loving life. What's uh, what's your uh, question? My brother-in-law works for a plumbing company, and he they had two partners. One didn't like the other. One would always want to cash advance and do things on the, around the company. And my brother-in-law was an accountant, so he said, "No, you can't do that. That's illegal." And he didn't like him. So the company split. The guy that didn't like my brother-in-law got the company. 
kept my brother-in-law for a few months after. And then after that, he kind of like eliminated. He said, well, we're going to eliminate that position. It's done. So he fired my brother-in-law. And now, after that, he advertised the job and hired somebody for it, hired the young lady. And the funny thing about it is the young lady called my brother-in-law to ask him information about the company. Like almost wants him to train her on the job. Does he have a severance? So, Alfie, how long ago did this? How long ago did this happen? Probably a a little under a year, almost a year. Okay. And and how long were your was your brother working there total, including with the first company? Uh, Almost three years. Three years. So he's absolutely owed severance, potentially as much as six months' pay. Now, the issue here is not that they let him go. They're allowed to let him go. You know, obviously, we may not like that, but legally, as long as he gets severance, then they're allowed to let him go. Did he get any severance? Two weeks, I think. Well, he's owed right around six months' pay. Not weeks, six months. So, Alfie... What you need to do is you need to have your brother give me a call at the office. We'll give you that number in just a second, and I'll, I'll speak to him, and I'll help him. This is not complicated. This is not going to be difficult to get him the compensation and the severance that he's owed. So, uh, yeah, have him do that as soon as possible, and we'll get to work, okay? Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Alfie. I'll give you that number right now as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Moving on down the line, we got uh, Tom up next. Tom, thanks for standing by. What's your question? Hello. Yes, uh, my employer last week implemented a rule that they came up with a three strike rule. If you come late, you get a strike. If you come late three times, they will take one dollar off your hourly wage. Is that legal? Mm. No, it's not legal. <laughs> Uh, it's one thing to say, you know, we're going to discipline you and potentially we may even let you go. Uh, but to decide we're just going to pay you less. No, they can't do that. Uh, so, uh, listen, it's it, the question of, does he want to, to fight them over that policy or, or that practice? But the way I would do this is, is this simply, if it's not an issue and I never do that to him, no problem. If in fact, at some point they do reduce his pay have him give me a call. They can't just reduce his pay, okay? Uh, so I would tell your brother to know that if he is in that situation, if they reduce his pay, if they start messing with that compensation, he needs to give me a call. Exactly. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Is that normal those situations, Lior, where if he if they do it and he lets it go for months and months and months, uh-oh, no turning back. Well, yeah, absolutely. If he's if they've actually reduced his pay and they let he lets it happen, then the problem with that, as you've just said, he's accepted it. And accept he's accepted also their ability to make it happen again and again. And that's true, by the way. Anytime your employer does something that they're not allowed to do, so your employer may mm-hmm. do something they're not allowed to do. They could demote you, not allowed to. They could uh, change your shift, not allowed to. Reduce your pay, not allowed to. But if you let it happen, and by let it happen, what I mean is you continue working. Not only have you accepted it, you've given them the right to do it again. So the first time they did it, it wasn't legal, but you accepted it. The second time they do it, it's now legal. Why is it legal? Because you've agreed to do it and you've accepted that now they have the ability to do it again and again. 
That's why it's so important. If your employer does something, quote unquote, illegal, to deal with it properly the first time. So if you find yourself in a situation where your employer is doing something it's not supposed to, you can't ignore it. You have to give me a call. And that uh, reach out to Lior, by the way, give it to you again, email help at employmentlawyer.ca, the firm number 1-855-821-5900. But here and now, still got lots of time to call into the show, ask your questions, toll free, 1-877-399-9898. Is it uh, Mattis uh, on the line with us now? Good afternoon. How are you? Hi, how are you guys doing? Good, sir. What's going on? Yeah, I was working for a company for 10 years and, uh, the director, other director took over and he, he was mean all the time. Like he would, when he would talk to you, he wouldn't talk to you. He would yell and swear at you all the time. And then they came up with a reason to terminate me. And I didn't agree with, with their dismissal proposal there. So I didn't sign it, but they didn't give me any severance. They just gave me what entitlement for holiday pay and what wages I was supposed to get. So am I still entitled to severance or how does that work? So how long ago did this happen, Mathis? Well, he took over in March, and that's when harassment started. Like I said, he would call you, and he would not he would yell, and he would swear at you and everything else every time that the, he had a problem. Right. I don't find this right. Yeah. I find this pretty difficult to work with. No kidding. I, I couldn't agree more. Now, now, you may have said it so, but remind me, how long did you work there for total? Ten years. 10 years, okay. And what kind of a job, Mathis, and how old are you? It was in uh, addiction recovery, and I'm 62. So you're owed right around a year's severance, a year's pay. Now, the issue here at this point, we can't do anything about the bad treatment because you don't work there anymore. It's simply a question of what does he owe you as a result of letting you go. So you said that he made you an offer which you didn't accept. What did he offer? Well, he didn't offer anything. He just gave a reason for my termination, and I don't agree with with uh, the reasoning that he gave. Because it doesn't but make keep any in mind, sense. The, he says I wasn't following everything, but I've been there for ten years. So, Mathis, let me let me stop you there because, from a legal standpoint, he can let you go pretty much for any reason, as long as he okay. pays you proper severance. So, you may not like the reason; I may not like the reason either. But from a legal standpoint, he can do that as long as he pays proper severance. So, you don't have to agree the, with the reason, like the reason. Ultimately, yeah. he doesn't even have to give a reason; he simply has to pay you severance. Now, you said that you didn't sign something. Was there a severance yeah. offer there? No, there was no severance. It was just the reason why he's terminating me. And like I said, I didn't agree with it, so I didn't sign it. All right. Well, I'm glad you didn't sign anything. So right now, the issue is the severance. And, you know, in your position and in, in, in your 60s, yeah, you were owed right around one year's pay, 12 months. So what I want you to do is I want you as soon as possible to give me a call at the office or email. We'll give you that information in just a second here. And you and okay. I will have a private chat and, and we'll get to work because you're owed this significant compensation. It's not something that uh, I think you should get. It's simply what the law says you absolutely are owed. So let's make sure we uh, we get that for you, okay? I oh, appreciate that so much. So uh, I, I think we may have lost John there for a second, but Mathis, to, to call me at the office easy, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one 
5900. Now John, I can't believe I have to do your job for you, dude. I know. I know that we're we're under the uh, we're under the strict regulation of the internet. So there you go. No, uh, math is appreciated. Right. I'll help at employmentlawyer.ca. You know, it's interesting too because that's where I know we got to break in about a minute, but people get mired in the reason. And there's a perfect example with Mathis. You know, I don't like why he let me go. He can't do that. I don't like the reason why he said, but you're trying to make it clear that the reason's not the big part. It's it's the money at the end, right? Absolutely. Listen, I, I want to be very clear here. It's not that I'm um, discounting the reason. If someone let me go mm-hmm. for some sort of a nonsense reason, I'd be furious as well. I absolutely would be, and I understand why anyone would be. But from a legal standpoint, just from a legal standpoint, ultimately the reason doesn't matter. Okay, An employer is allowed to let you go even if the reason is made up as long as they pay you proper severance. Now, of course, the exception, you can't be let go for discriminatory reasons. You can't be let go because of your age or your, your ethnicity or your sexual orientation, your disability. Those are human rights violations. But short of that, you can pretty much be let go for any reason. So that's why on this show, when you hear me talk, I focus on the severance. Not because that's just what I'm interested in, because that's the yep. only thing that the law focuses on. If you're let go, it's a question of severance. That is the number, and that means you still got some time to pick up a phone and call us, talk about your matters, and discuss what's uh, what's bothering you as far as your job, uh, being an employee or an employer. Maybe it's for a friend, a pal, maybe for a family member. Do not hesitate. Yeah, toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight, and to reach Leor afterwards anytime. Always a good idea, right? Help at employmentlawyer.ca, an anonymous and free website. More information. Also, contact there pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But we've been discussing what's uh, the fallout. I guess pretty much of the first half of 2022 and looking forward to the remainder of the year, Lior, and things that are still issues and things that employers and employees for that matter should be aware of. The next one is, you know, with parents deciding to, well, forego child care while working from home, employers must still remember there's an obligation to accommodate based on what they call family status, right? So obviously over the past couple of years, uh, many employees have been working from home. In fact, I think most employees at some point over the past couple of years have worked from home. Well, for those that have been working from home regularly, I know a lot of them have chosen to keep their kids at home as well, especially if they were, you know, otherwise a daycare or or kindergarten. So to to either homeschool them uh, and, and care for them at home. So that's okay and that's fine. Except now a lot of employees are being told, come back to work. Uh, we need you back in the office, which is fine, and employers allowed to do that. But what happens with these kids? It's not like it's that easy to just all of a sudden find childcare. You make a phone call, and tomorrow you have new childcare. It may take time. It may take a couple, a few weeks. It may even take a few months to find proper childcare. How do you go back to work then if you don't have childcare? Well, that's where uh, the duty that an employer has to accommodate comes in. If you have childcare obligations now and you can't just go back to work right away because of uh, that obligation, well, your employer has to accommodate you. That may mean give you more time at home. That may mean allow you to continue working from home without having to come in while you find childcare. Now, that doesn't mean that you can just take your time. You you do have to make efforts to find that childcare, but to the extent that you need time and you know maybe it's going to be three months before you have your kid in, in a daycare. Mm-hmm. Well, during those three months, your employer has to accommodate you. And it's not that just that it's a nice thing to do. It's the legally required thing to do. Under human rights legislation, there is an obligation to accommodate based on what we call family status. The idea being that if you're a parent, you have 
child care obligations and you need accommodation to meet those obligations, well, your employer has to do it. And your employer can't say, that's your problem. Your employer can't say, well, you know, if we do this with you, we're going to have to do it with everyone else. Nonsense. They have to accommodate you. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, over the past six months, I've seen quite a few employers not doing that. Well, if you find yourself in that situation, first of all, make sure you tell your employer in writing, employer, I have these child care obligations. I'm working hard to find childcare for my for my my son my daughter and i'll be able to come back to work once i've done that but for now i need to continue working from home just put that in writing email text message it's fine if your employer won't allow you let me know if i send them a letter you see how quickly they change their mind all right so there is that duty to accommodate if your employer won't do it you call me you know, another big issue on our list, which is becoming a bigger one, I guess this is no surprise just based on the climate of, uh, of the workforce, you know, post-COVID as we uh, kind of get through it, is severance offers have been worse than ever. How about that one? Worse. Yeah. And if you've been hearing me on the radio for years, I've been doing this for a long time on radio with you, John, and I've said for, you know, thousands of times probably over the past 10 years that in the vast majority of cases, 90% of cases, the severance that someone has offered is a lot less than what they mm-hmm. are actually yep. owed. So that's always true. It's true pre-COVID. It's true, it was true 20 years ago. It's going to be true 20 years from now. But over the past six months, I've seen severance offers being even worse than ever. So if normally I would expect someone that's owed six months severance to be offered the three months, now that person is offered six weeks. So very important, even more than ever, to get that legal advice to make sure that you don't accept that offer because chances are not only that is that offer inadequate, it's probably terrible. The difference, the delta between what you're owed and what you've been offered is probably very, very significant. It could be many, many months pay. Now, a lot of employers maybe are doing that because they think that COVID has changed their obligations. It hasn't. If anything, COVID the, and the fact that in some industries it may take longer to find another job now, uh, means that you're owed even more severance. So please remember, as important as it always is, it's probably 30% more important than ever now. If you lose your job, senior employee, junior employee, long service or short service, you have to get legal advice. You know, it's interesting as we wrap up this topic for this afternoon, if we if we roll in all the things we've talked about thus far this show, temporary layoffs, vaccines, uh, you know, government mandates, all this stuff that people are, are looking at, changes to job duties, pay hours, been very common, but are they legal, all these changes? So again, a lot of employees have seen that. And, and you know, these days employers saying, we need to change your job. Uh, you know, things have changed during COVID. Now we need to have you yep. work different jobs, responsibilities, hours, etc. Can't do that, even if it's because of COVID, okay? Even if it's for good reason, okay? Let's assume your employer is a good employer and they're doing this genuinely and they're not trying to hurt you. Fair enough. Despite that, it's still not possible. If an employer makes significant changes to the terms of your employment, that may give you the right to look at that situation as a constructive dismissal. This term constructive dismissal comes up very, very often. And usually it happens when your employer changes whatever the deal is. They change your commission structure, your pay structure, your shifts. They demote you. They make you work weekends. Whatever it is, some significant change. If that happens, you can, of course, accept it, which is a problem. By accepting it, you've given them the right to do it again. 
or you can treat that as a termination of your employment. Can't do that even if it's because of COVID-19, John. And with that, we'll get to another phone call. I think we've got uh, got a few minutes to go. Don, thanks for uh, making a last-minute call. How are you? Hi there. Sorry for the short notice. <laughs> I was just no worries. From right. Canada Post because that was encouraging to listen to your show because it's about 6,000 months. They're on leave without pay, but their union won't do anything. They can't collect unemployment. It's They can't get severance. I just It's the craziest thing I've ever... And, and I know he's said a million... John said a million times that if you got a union, they're supposed to fight for you, but they're doing absolutely nothing. So I don't know, what, what can these people do? I know they've tried to buy a million different things, but it just, it seems absolutely crazy. I used to be a union rep uh, with the rail, and it just, I can't even believe that what's going, when I see it, I can't believe it. It's just unbelievable to me. But anyway, I'll, I'll ask my question, like, what, is there anything they can do? So, so Don, over the past, I don't know, eight, nine months, I've received, literally thousands of calls and emails from across the country from unionized employees who have lost their job or or been suspended because of their vaccine status telling me the same thing that my union is not doing anything for me and the answer generally is well unfortunately your union is the only one allowed to do something for you there's nothing you can do outside the union now if your union is dropping the ball there's really one thing you can do is you can file a complaint against the union with the labor board. And, and, you know, you may have heard of this before. It's called the duty of fair representation complaint. Essentially, you're telling the the labor board that my union is not doing uh, what it's supposed to. So you, you labor board need to order the union to take up my case. Now, sometimes just threatening the union with that would, you know, get their butts in gear a bit, uh, Generally speaking, and I'm going to be honest, these types of complaints at the Labor Board are not usually successful, but that's literally the only thing you can do. Okay, thank you very much. I I knew they're going down a a dark road, but that's that's the government's dark road. (laughs) Yeah. Don, appreciate it. Sorry we couldn't do more, but again, Lior, as we wrap up here in a couple seconds, you face this all the time. You get that phone call, you know, countless times during a week. You can't do much for them, right? Yeah, if I was able to help a unionized employee overnight, I can double the amount of people that I'm able to help. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, we're talking here, everything we're talking applies to non-union employees. If you're a unionized employee, your union is your one and only and exclusive representative. You can't hire me. You can't hire another lawyer. It has to be the union. So push your union, talk to the union, try to convince your union. That's the only thing you can do. Thanks for all your phone calls, and we will catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.